That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion Well, hello, Thin Lear. Oh, it's so good to see you again. We talk so little that this is really just like you know, it's amazing how we can click after so much time of not being connected. Well, you're you're being a little bit of a smart aleck because uh, we're just plowing into recording this after having done uh, <laughs> what to the listener would be last week's episode. The reason for all of that is because we're kings of content. Is the reason that's all you need to know as the listener. We live in a, a zone of content. Like I wake up and I am content. Buddy, you were the one who's like, we got to make these quick. <laughs> You're derailing me here. <laughs> it's all about quickness and length and content. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. So here's the story, folks. Uh, this is a part one. And the reason for that is because me and my lovely wife, Huimin, are taking a honeymoon in Italy. So as you're hearing this, we're, we're already away. We're gallivanting uh, in Rome and mm. Florence. We're having a, a great time. Mm. Much belated honeymoon. So, you know, we're recording this in advance and uh, we're, we're splitting it up. We're giving you two-parter uh, yeah. so we can, we can keep the episodes rolling. Yeah, some podcasts, uh, they don't- I enjoy some gelato. They don't talk about this. They don't get to the inside baseball of what they're doing. That's not us. We keep you informed. No. We'll give you all the tedious, boring details. Where our heads are at, how we feel. I'm a little tired. I'm a little parched from the last episode, but I feel Grab some water. Ready to go. Yeah, well, I feel good. We're, we we are time is of the essence. We're going to plow into it here with with part one of two, and then uh, we'll end on a cliffhanger, and you'll you'll get the the rest of it next week. But this is Ooh. this is the podcast. Losing my opinion, mm. uh, we come in here uh, with with hot takes or weird takes, uh, s- songs we want to share. Stupid. And, uh, that <laughs> stupid arguments. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, I am Michelangelo's David admiring uh, indie artist Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Thomas Irwin. I actually saw Michelangelo. So I, I am Michelangelo admiring indie artist <laughs> Thin Lear, a.k.a. Matt Longo. You were alive back in the Renaissance? No, I mean, I saw the statue. Not that I was alive in the... You saw David. I saw you didn't David. see. <laughs> you didn't see Michelangelo. Oh no, no, which I didn't what you just him. said. Oh, okay, so we no. have to. We'll go back. We'll edit that in post. Uh, edit that. Yeah, make sense. Yeah, you saw David. So he's huge, right? No, he's not. It's it's not he's, the. Is he packing? It, yeah, uh, not really. I mean, it's 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 not the the hugeness of David. It's the detail of David. Like I think I, when I initially walked in, I was like, oh, this is like kind of not massive. But then you look. At like the level of detail, and that's pretty fantastic. Blows your mind. Blows your mind. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Is uh, <laughs> yeah, are we finer points of sculpting? Because we know a lot about oh. that. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to start with a, a phrase that sounds like uh, you know you, you hear the term Rubenesque or you know different different uh, uh, terms, right? Oh, we're going to have to take another go at this intro. This is horrible. No, this uh, is fucking keep it rolling. We're going to start here. Keep it start it at this point. Bullshit. I'm going to start with a word today that sounds like it 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 could be used in the context of the art world because of its its structure. Uh, the word Beatlesque, right? Oh. This is a term that gets bandied about by these two guys. Bandied. In particular. Uh, overused, some might say. Uh, in fact, I might say that. Uh, it sometimes gets I think applied. you say it more than me. I say it a lot. 
it, but but here's what I'll say. It sometimes gets applied to bands where there's just like, oh, they have harmony and melody. I think it's far too loosely applied to British bands in general. Yeah. I they mean, sound like they're wearing suits and ties. <laughs> right. Right. What what do you have to hear sonically in order for you to feel comfortable saying like this is a Beatlesque sound? Off the top, I don't know if this answer will make much sense, but I feel like a Beatlesque quality is it's essentially very catchy, but it's doing at least one, sometimes two things that are very innovative. But like it's very metered out. Like it, its level of experimentation is very like contained and deliberate. It's like, oh, this is really pretty, really tight harmony. And the like chords in this chorus are a little weird mm. in a way that's kind of exciting. Ooh, it's Beatles-esque. Yeah. And the song is still three minutes long. Right. Uh, something like that. Like it, it has a youthful energy uh, and they put like a really strange instrument um, in this instrumental breakdown Interesting. section. Yeah. I like that explanation. I, I, yeah, for me, it's like pop with a light touch that has a heavy emphasis, emphasis on melody, clearly mixed and like insanely enunciated lyrics, not necessarily with British accent, but like very clear lyrics, ornate instrumentation. Sometimes there's like a deceptive groove to it. Um, I, it kind of like the things that we're talking about that are Beatlesque or almost like McCartney stuff. Like it's all, yeah. it's like the McCartney elements are the things that I think it looked at as Beatlesque, like you know Penny Lane or whatever. Like that's a Beatlesque arrangement. Uh, I'm gonna go through some for me. Prime grade A prime examples of properly categorized Beatlesque music, and I want you, Thomas, to rank them in order of Beatlesqueness. Miss. Yes. Okay. To create like a new, even more annoying word. Uh, I'll preface this up top. I love all this music. <laughs> like I love these oh, songs. Anything. If you say something's Beatles-esque, I'm like, ah, I want to listen to it now. Right. Like it's, yeah. I, I get suckered in every yeah. time. Yeah, hook, line, and sinker. I'm sure you've heard of most of these songs, but I got to tell you, I don't think you've heard of all of them. And I tried to pick oh, some that I think cool. y- y- might surprise you. The first one is going to shock you. <laughs> uh, do you Have you heard of a band called Clit 2? There's no way you've heard of this band. I have only because they've popped up on my YouTube feed. It's like K-L-A-A-T-U. I'm like, yes. that's a weird band name. That's a weird album cover. Huh. And I don't click on it. I've never Great. heard it. But Great. like, I know that that is floating around out there in cyberspace. Great. So this band's story is insane. Uh, they are they are German? Canadian. They're Canadian. <laughs> Close. Okay. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're <laughs> yeah it's the, easier the, when I don't interrupt you the whole time, right? The Germans of uh, North America. Yeah. Uh, so the band story is insane. The, the record that we're going to talk about, there's a song we're going to listen to called Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft, which is just mm-hmm. a great <laughs> song title. Uh, the, the album title is called 347 EST. Uh, cool. Came out in 77. This was widely rumored to be the actual reunited Beatles. So uh. Capitol Records, Capitol Records, which also had the Beatles albums on it, I released this album. They wanted to hype this up. I don't know where the rumor came from. Like it was just sort of floating around. I think it was like some radio jockey that was talking about it. So Capital was like, we're going to hype this up because we want to push the record sales up. So they would kind of word the marketing for the record in a complicated way to keep the rumor alive. Uh, it was obviously shown that it wasn't them after a while, but like it's an incredible story that kind of comes with this thing. And now they're kind of known as like the Canadian Beatles. It's like a. This is, this is like what you told me 
years ago about like the zombies and there was a band that pretended to oh, be the zombies God. that toured that's the a, US. That's a great story. Like a, like competing. And then there was another zombies cover band and they were like fighting with each other. Yeah, that's that's a great so story. Stupid. Uh, I love that stuff. Uh, but this song, Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft, I love this song. It's a fascinating band. It's a trio, John Woloshuk, D. Long, Terry Draper. Uh, they bounce their creativity off one another. It gives it like a Lennon-McCartney feel. You're going to hear this song and be like, oh, this is like, this is this is prime. This is Beatles-esque. Beatle, Beatles-esque uh, vibe. Yeah. Calling occupants of interplanetary craft. Do not like that title. Oh, I like I this album it. cover. It's got a title. big friendly sun. Big old sun. I don't know. Oh, I'm getting sublime vibes though from the sun. <laughs> oh, I think it's more like a gentle giant kind of sun. I think it's like All a right, prog sure. sun. This is a very proggy prog record. Um, there's a song on it that kind of breaks the Beatles-like spell. That it's called Anus of Uranus. Uh, not kidding. Hey. <laughs> kind of takes you out of the. Do you guys want to make money at this or <laughs> just waste everybody's time? It's uh, definitely a departure from the rest of the record. But uh, yeah, th- this song is, is very much in the, the Sgt. Pepper style wheelhouse we're talking about. Cool. I want, yeah. I want you to go Mushrooms to. Mushrooms on the cover, got a snail, got oh, a yeah. butterfly. You need all that. Um, go to one minute in. And I think it'll, because it's a, speaking of intros, there's a long intro on this song. I think one minute should do us right. To telepath messages through the vast unknown. Please close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think. Upon the it's Fred Armisen doing the vocals. <laughs> Here we go, man. Strap in. Calling occupants of interplanetary craft. Calling occupants of interplanetary craft. This feels like it was written for a John C. Riley movie. Calling occupants of I'm already singing one too. They're from Canada. They're from What's Canada. with this accent? It's fine. Just let them do it. Uh, go. <laughs> uh, go to three minutes and 30 seconds. You're going to love this. All right. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I really want to hear that too. Yeah, it's, it's great. But this is like, this is a day in the life. Oh, boy. Yeah, that bass. The DI bass. Ooh, it's got the McCartney stomp. McCartney shuffle, yeah. Sounds like Electric Lloyd Orchestra. Electric Lloyd, Light Orchestra. Electric Lloyd Orchestra is great. They're very Beatlesy. This is like them at the most Beatles-esque. Yeah. It's like a copy of a copy. Oh, this is really good though. It's great. Yeah. This just has it all for me. Like this is the Beatles <laughs> sound. It's got Abbey Road in there. Oh, fuck you. 
It's like the Beatles mixed with Yes. Yeah. Okay, we can cut it there. Okay. Um, that's a great song. Yeah, you weren't kidding. No. You weren't pulling any punches with that one. That's a great song. Um, I love that tune. Uh, I think we could... We don't have, we're not going to rank them just yet. Keep that in your mind, though. Sure, sure. I feel like that's going to have a high place in these rankings. It will. Next next two, next artists. Uh, I know you... I, I'm pretty sure you know them. Uh, Emmett Rhodes, right? Oh yeah. You knew this guy was yeah. gonna show up in some fashion. You know, he's he's the quote yep. unquote one man Beatles, right? If anybody deserves that title in planet Earth of, of in rock and roll history, it's Emmett Rhodes. Yeah. More than Elliot Smith or anybody else. Like he yeah. he deserves that. And he yeah. was and, and more than anybody else because he was so on his own. You know, it's like uh, he's in his parents' garage. Yeah, he's just an, it was an amazing engineer that just like in the sixties. This right? is a DIY thing. Like people talk about, like oh, Rams a DIY indie album. It's like yeah, he's in a studio. Like he's playing a lot of stuff on his own, but like he had a lot of resources. Like he had a lot of money. This guy did not have that. Uh, he released this self-titled album, which was his second record, and I think his best and amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he released two more records, then went on hiatus until twenty sixteen. Kind of came back with. Truly beautiful Rainbow Ends. I think it's a good album. Uh, it's one of those Rodriguez type stories where, like, someone who is thoroughly ignored during his youth and super ripped off, ripped and, off by his record company contract, like right. one of the worst yeah. tra- tragic stories. Dunhill there, yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, found some critical and commercial success for decades old material in his lifetime. Like, you love to see that. There's a song he has. We're not going to listen to it. Um, we can listen to a different one, but he's got a song called Lullaby that is as good of a melody as anything McCartney produced in the early 70s. I'll stick mm. with that. Oh, um, his whole uh, Emmett Rhodes album yeah. is up there with solo McCartney it's stuff. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. The song that I feel is the most Beatlesque is With My Face on the Floor. Oh, yeah. I think this could be, you know, is this McCartney down on the farm? You know, like this yeah. is just, it has that Beatles bounce to it. It's a great tune. This album sounds like it used the same equipment as the White Album, I swear. Yeah. Like, it's got the same yeah. tone, but great, great album, yeah. Desmond has a barrow in the marketplace. Could you make so this good. song any more perfect? What's Emmett been doing in the garage? Just making fucking bangers. <laughs> just churning out bangers. Playing all the parts. It's so loose and like... It, how he did this without Pro Tools is like my button. Got that Weezer solo. <laughs> this guy mops the floor with freaking Rivers Cuomo. Well, 
yeah, that's it's Great just tune. killer. That's a killer Great song tune. off a killer record. That record is unimpeachable. Uh, Perfect album. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, a shame he couldn't keep that quality up because the record company just pushed him, like pushed, make something new every nine months. Terrible. Apparently, there was if his first record had some critical heat to it. I don't remember the name of it, but it was, it's not it's not this it's not the self titled one, and it, it had some you know good. I haven't heard that one. Not necessarily commercial success, but I think there, it had good uh, uh, pull quotes for it certainly. And yeah, and this record is perfect, and it's just like what? How did they mess this up? How whoever was marketing this? Like they, how did they you pushed screw them too hard? They tried to. It's a Netflix thing. Just churn out content. Mm. And yeah, to the like, artist's uh, demise, there, yeah, unbelievable. But I'm happy that he he got his uh, he got his day. But uh, yeah, keep that one in your mind. Where where do you feel the power oh, yeah. rankings are? Like for and, and, this is hard. We're not talking about the best song. We're talking about just Beatles-esque. the level of owes itself to the Beatles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so far, it's hard because vocally he's very Paul, and like I said, it's got that uh, it's got it's got the white album mixed to it. Yeah. But Klaatu feels like it doesn't stand on its own artistically as much either. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I got to sit on that one okay. a little longer. All right, keep marinating. All right, next band, we got we to gotta bring him up. I know you know him. The granddaddy of all Beatlesque bands by design, really, because they're, like, they're the heir apparent, right? Badfinger on Apple Records had songs written for them bring him up, yeah. by McCartney. They, they were Beatles anointed. Emmett Road sounds more like Badfinger than the Beatles, if we're going there, I think. Interesting. Interesting. But they both sound like the, the, I mean, the yeah. Beatles. So. As to where, who was one step yeah. removed. Yeah. Uh, Badfinger is, they have so many great tunes. They're probably uh, the least unheralded of the artists we've talked about so far. A more tragic story than fucking Emmett Rhodes. Like, it just gets Jeez, worse and Louise, worse Louise, these guys with the, the death. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're Pete Ham, Tom Evans... Uh, just some amazing songwriters, singers in this band, uh, Joey Mulholland, they were just plagued with bad luck. Uh, probably should have been bigger than they were. I mean, this is some of their singles. Come Which Paul it. McCartney wrote, without Come you, and Get It. Paul, Paul McCartney wrote, Come and Get It. Without You was their song that Harry Nielsen covered and turned into yeah. a massive hit. Uh, Dear Angie, Baby Blue, used to great effect for our generation and Breaking Bad, uh, no matter what. Uh, uh, maybe tomorrow, like they, they're they have killer tune material, killer yeah. material, and obviously very tragic end with a, a number of suicides in the band between Pete Ham and Tom Evans, and um, but I think there was a lot of pressure on them from the get go because of kind of where they were coming from. It was Apple Records. It was like this is the baby Beatles. Yeah, they were like, the, all right, the Beatles broke up. Here's your next Beatles. Like it was just thrown all over them that pressure. Right, and they just yeah, and they got screwed left and right. They held up their end of the bargain in writing impeccably great pop songs and then kind of their people championing them them kind of let them down but we're going to listen to a song that i feel is the most beatlesque of their tunes it's called day after day i think this song I love this one yeah oh it's great and it's it really has that ornate ballad thing uh that the beatles are really known for and i love this song i i, I might love this song the most out of the songs that we're talking about today it really hit, hits the spot hmm Day my mind 
all these drums that come in. say listening back to this now is that it does it honestly feels the least Beatlesque out of the but his voice is the most like McCartney's you think so like the singing the inflection is so McCartney and then the music is doing its own thing it, but in my mind it's not necessarily its own thing but it feels like it's more power pop than the yeah, other it's like fellas it's, it's going in its own direction yeah but the oh looking out of my that's yeah. so McCartney that vocal delivery. Oh, that piano. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, kid. Solid tune. Yeah. Uh, what, what a band. I mean, the, the singles coming out of that band, like, really just uh, kind of incomparable. Uh, all right, so we have three. This is the last one. All right. This is probably, this is the most removed band I think on its on the surface from that Beatlesque sound, they are uh, a number of years in the f- future as well. Uh, all of these bands, all these artists deserve their own episodes. Like this is really an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, this is like a sneak preview of all these guys. Yeah, we'll no, we're going to do our later on. Platoo episode coming coming at you soon. Um, this is the band called Squeeze. Uh, I imagine that you know Squeeze from. Pulling Muscles from the Shell. I would imagine you know that song. What? Huh? You don't know that song? No. All right. Well, shit. Let's listen to that song. Uh, Pulling Muscles from the Shell by Squeeze. I was going to play you another nail from my heart because I felt like you maybe hadn't heard that one. But if you haven't heard this this song, then... uh, I don't know anything about this band. Okay. I mean, Squeeze is Glenn Tilbrook and Chris Difford. They're the primary songwriters and singers. They're a, a British band. Gives you that kind of Lennon-McCartney twofer feel, like because they're kind of like you know running the show. But Jules Holland was also in this band. Funnily enough, if you know, oh, he hosts a show later right? with Jules Holland. Yeah, one of yeah. one of my favorite music shows. Um, Pulling Muscles from Michelle is on classic rock radio on a consistent basis. But I will say there's more to the band than that. Um, there's a, a couple songs I kept debating using for this, like Up the Junction, Another Nail from My Heart, as those songs might be more like. Beatles oriented, but um, these guys could write some melodies. Let me tell you, like, Tempted, you know that song? Tempted by the fruit of another. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know that song? Uh, They have Annie Get Your Guns, a great song, If I Didn't Love You, Is That Love? Like, the the singles coming out of that band, again, similar to Badfinger, like, just just crushing it with singles. But I want to, yeah, I'll I'll play you the Pulling Muscles, because that that one is kind of like one of their, uh, one of their feature hits. All right. Some of the best enunciation in the game, I'll say. They do it down on canvas and they do it at my peak. Blazing about the beach all day and night, the cricket's creepy. Sounds like Nick Lowe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Squinting faces of the sky. A Harold Robbins paperback. Surfers drop their balls and drop. I 
I don't get Beatles from this at all. No? I like it, but yeah, I would never put the two together. Makes me think of Nick Lowe. Yeah, it's too new wave. I mean, to be for that comparison. I, I'm not going to argue with you that it's not new wave. It, it definitely fits in the new wave genre. It's a little power poppy, a little new wavy. But I think that there's the Beatlesque enunciation, song structure, momentum. They're just British. I think it's more than that. They're just a bit Tuesday. <laughs> I think it's more than that. The album's called Augie Boggy. I think it's... I don't hear Beatles here. No? All right. All right. No. I mean... What do you hear besides the vocals? What, what gives you that feeling? Uh, really, it's, it's the, the melody. The way the melody is constructed, I feel like it's Beatlesque. And yes, the enunciation is a big part of it. And the changes. Not getting it. Good song, though. I want to check oh, out Squeeze. Great song. That's a great song. There, there's a bunch of tunes that I think you'd really dig from them. Like, really, any of their singles, I feel like you, you would really like. They're, they're a great, great band. All right, so what's your power ranking here, then? Sure. So in terms of pure... I liked all those songs. If we're just talking about resemblance to the Beatles, okay. the Beatles-esque-ness, yes. uh, Squeeze is not even in the conversation for me. Wow, so, so um, last place, then. Yeah. And then uh, day after day, bad finger. Musically, the comparison gets a little tenuous, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. vocally, very much Paul McCartney. But that's going to be the number three. What was the second song you showed? Uh, Emmett Rhodes and Clutu. Yeah, Emmett Rhodes. Mm, it's close. Emmett Rhodes and Clutu. They're two, like, Klaatu's doing Abbey Rhodes, Sgt. Peppers, and Emma Rhodes is doing White Album. Mm-hmm. I, I think Klaatu, quote-unquote, wins by a hair. Mm. I'm going to say Klaatu's number one, Emma Rhodes' number two. Again, loved all these songs. Wow. I do want to... I did not think Klaatu was going to win this. Wow. Yeah. 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 Congrats. Congrats, fellas. I mean, Squeeze is very well known. Badfinger is pretty well known. I think Emmett Rhodes and Klaatu are probably the the more undiscovered act. Sure. But I think Klaatu is probably the most undiscovered act. Klaatu is all of the freaking weird, obscure stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That record is really worth listening to. There's a bunch of great songs on it. It it hangs together. Anus of Uranus, notwithstanding. Uh, it had me singing along like ten seconds in. So that says something. That's yeah, great. You're never going to forget that line. Uh, it's just, it's great. Um, well, I'm glad we did this, and it helped me kind of work some work some problems out in my head. And uh, yeah, I, I had fun. And we never have to return to the word Beatlesque again now, because we know we have a shared definition Not until us. my next XTC episode, at least. <laughs> no, I mean, if we're going to call Squeeze not Beatlesque, I don't know. I mean... Well, are we are we doing a what have we learned today, or it's just not enough to have learned? No, that will save it for the end. That's that's for the uh, the end of this two parter episode. I see. Okay. Um, well, okay. I guess we're gonna have a cliffhanger here cliffhanger. then, Thomas. I'm gonna say, what have you been listening to, and then you're gonna pipe in your part from cue, yeah. yeah, 